Here ends the reading. You may be seated. Thank you. A couple of weeks ago, I mentioned about magic slates, <coughs> those little items back in the olden days that <coughs> if you uh, pulled them up, it erased everything that was on. Well, somebody brought in the new version of that. It's called a boogie board, and you can write and doodle on this and so on and do all these things, and then you've got a little button here, and <coughs> electronically, it's gone. And so I guess that's replaced the good old magic slate. I just wanted to catch you up with the latest. Uh, I want to show a video clip, but I need to set the stage because it happens in German, and so you may not understand the language, but I think by looking at their expressions and what's going on, you'll gather what's going on. But basically, a daughter is visiting her father. They're in the kitchen cooking a meal, and she asks, tell me, Dad, you know, uh, how's that iPad going that I gave you for your birthday? And he has the iPod in his hand, and I think the rest of it you'll get. Sag mal, Papa, habe ich dich noch gar nicht gefragt. Wie kommst du eigentlich mit dem neuen iPad zurecht, was wir dir zum Geburtstag geschenkt haben? Gut. Mit den ganzen Apps kommst du klar? Was denn für Apps? Geh mal bitte in die Schritt zur Seite. It may not look quite like me, but that was me there, technologically challenged, and uh, uh, that iPad. And it just got me to thinking a little bit as I saw that uh, video clip, uh, how much that deals with what we're going to talk about uh, today. Here we are a couple of weeks away from Christmas and whatnot, and the presents, well, a lot of them are put on the shelf. Some of them are already broken or forgotten. And uh, we're going to be looking and launching a new series uh, today on the spiritual gifts, the gifts that it is that God gives to us, and he gives them in order that we might be healthy and missional. And in the covenant, this is a, a phrase that you're going to hear quite often in the covenant, to be healthy and missional. And it starts with each one of us individually being healthy and missional. What's it mean to be healthy and missional? Healthy means pursuing Christ. In other words, knowing and loving Christ more. Missional means that we are going to pursue Christ's priorities and what he taught us, and that was to go and to share our faith with others so that all may hear. And so in this uh, uh, series where we talk about spiritual gifts, those gifts were given to us in order that we might be healthy and we might be missional as individuals and then as a whole church in this surrounding area that God has given us responsibility to be a lighthouse for. Um, I trust you have your Bibles, and uh, we will be using them uh, in this series. And this might be a good habit for this year, is to bring your Bibles along. If you don't have one, see us. We'd like to get you one. But I think this should be a year where we commit ourselves to using God's Word. And believe it or not, there's no Bible verse that says, Thou shalt not circle, underline, or otherwise highlight anything in your Scriptures. And so I am here to tell you, I would like you to take your own Bibles, please, not the ones in the racks in front of you, <clears throat> and feel free to circle, to highlight, to uh, ask questions in the margin, or to put little notes there and so on that are helpful for you, because I think it helps plant the seed of God's Word in your hearts and your minds uh, much better. Have you ever gotten a gift from someone, and then they call a few weeks later to find out 
if you got the gift and how you like it and so on. And you're sitting there scratching your head and trying to think for the life of you, what in the world was the gift they got? You know, I, I remember vaguely opening something up, but I can't remember who gave what and so on. And so we're going to bluff our way through, and we're just kind of hopeful that maybe they'll drop some hint, some clue that will tell, oh, yeah, that's the gift. Oh, boy, I love it. You know, I use it all the time. Well, thanks so much. You know, we kind of cover for ourselves. God has gifted every single believer and for the next few weeks, he's going to be checking to see how we like the gift that he has given us, kind of like on the screen. And hopefully that's not what he sees us doing, is abusing that gift he has given to us. Every single one of you, if you belong to Jesus Christ and receive Christ into your life, has at least one and usually more than one and different varying qualities. In fact, every single one of you uniquely is gifted with gifts and an assortment of gifts that no one else has. And those gifts are utterly unique. They're the spiritual fingerprints of the Holy Spirit on your life and your mission. No one has the same mix. You're not identical to anyone. You are uniquely gifted to do what only you can do for our world. But for most believers, that gift has remained undiscovered, un, uh, uh, still in its package. And our vision as a church is that we are to be a community, all of us united together, to be a community, strengthening community. Not only us in here, but also the people around us that we come in touch with each and every day of our lives. And it's up to each one of us to do our part, to use our gifts, to apply our tools to the task. So how do we unleash you and I to do the mission of God? One thing is that we <clears throat> must unwrap the spiritual gifts, and that's what we're going to be doing in this sermon series, is kind of taking the wrapping paper off, taking it out of the box, setting it up, and seeing exactly what it is that God wants to do through us. Let's pray and invite God to open his word to us today. Lord, open your word to us this morning. May you speak to our hearts. May you open our ears and our minds. Teach us to follow you more closely. We pray this in your name. Amen. There's one essential thing that we must realize if we're going to be used of God to do what God has called us to do. I cannot depend on my own devices. Okay? I'm not rich enough to buy it. I'm not smart enough. I'm not clever enough. I'm not trained enough to do it on my own. And in and of myself, I cannot do what God has called Bill Goodwin to do, and that's true of each one of you as well. In fact, God has given me spiritual gifts that are so important to his mission that how it's going to happen if I don't use those gifts will leave a blank spot in the kingdom of God. Have you ever stopped to ponder that, to think about that? That if you don't use the gifts that God has given to you to do the thing that God is calling you to do and to work for God's kingdom, there will be a lack. Perhaps someone or someones will not hear through the gifts that you were meant to use and to apply. You are that essential to God's purposes. God has chosen to use each one of us as his vehicles for sharing his master plan, the master's plan to be community, strengthening community. So for the next few weeks, that's what we're going to be about, unwrapping our spiritual gifts. 
And I hope that you don't miss a Sunday. And if you do, pick up the CD and kind of catch up so that you, uh, as we unfold this, that you are uh, with that program and understanding what's going on. So today we're going to explore the gifts that we need to understand. Who is it from? Who is it from? You know, at Christmas time, I can remember always, uh, well, I, I have to confess, sometimes I think I shook it first and tried to figure out what it was. But then the question was, well, who's it from? You know, you read the little tag, oh, to me, from whomever. If it was from my mom and dad, I had pretty high expectations that they would have listened throughout the year to know what it is that Billy wanted for Christmas. And uh, so the expectations are pretty high. However, if it was from my grandmother on my dad's side, we called her Nani, if it was from her, it was fairly predictable what I would get because every birthday and Christmas, it was the same. I would get a cheap little Christmas card that had a quarter in it and a gospel track. And even after I received Christ into my life as my Lord and Savior, I still got the gospel tracks. Today, we're going to explore the gifts. And we need to understand who gave the gifts in the first place. Who's it from? So when we're talking about spiritual gifts, this first question, who's it from? It's from the Holy Spirit, okay? Say it with me. From Okay, good job, good job. Now, I know usually the right answer is either God or Jesus, so you're going to have to shift gears a little bit this morning to stay on track with me and uh, that it's the Holy Spirit. Um, so anytime I ask you that, will be the answer today. But our text today was about Jesus talking with the disciples who were very, very confused because Jesus had started talking to them about the fact that he was going to be tortured and he was going to suffer and he was going to die. And they just weren't quite getting this. You know, they were just getting used to him being around and whatnot. And so they were very confused. And I want to give a little seminary lesson to each of us today on pneumonology. Okay? Uh, so say that with me. Pneumonology. Okay, one more time. Pneumonology. Oh, good. So you're all seminary grads. Congratulations. That's awesome. Pneuma, when you break the word down, pneuma literally means breath or wind or... <laughs> yeah, every time I invite you to answer, it's Holy Spirit. You can say it boldly with confidence. Um, so anyway, ology is the study of, so it's the study of breath, uh, wind, or the study of the... Very good, yes. The seminary lesson's going well. And in the Christian faith, we believe in a triune God, a God of Trinity. We believe in one God in three parts or persons. And we talk about this Trinity. Do you know that Jesus started his ministry with the Trinity? He was being baptized, if you recall. So we've got Jesus the Son there being baptized. And it says that the Holy Spirit came in the form of a dove. Uh, uh, a physical presence in the form of a dove. And then we uh, read that God was also present because we hear his voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm greatly pleased. Then, at the end of Jesus' ministry, it also concludes with Trinity because we read there that when he was ready on the Mount of Olives to ascend into heaven, he says, I am going to send you out into the world. So send I you, we read in our scripture reading. And you are going to teach and you are going to baptize in the name of the... Yeah, darn. We start with the Father and the Son and the... There, good, good, we got it. 
So Jesus' ministry begins and ends with the Trinity. When we benedict at the end of our services, we generally send you out in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay. And the early church fathers didn't make up this Trinity thing. This wasn't something they invented to kind of confuse us for the next thousand years or so. Uh, instead, it was something that came from scriptures. And even though it's not a biblical word, in other words, you don't find the word Trinity anywhere in the Bible, the concept of Trinity is there to explain what the Bible presents. Uh, now, Father, we kind of get. You know, he's the big guy up there that's kind of in charge of everything. We kind of get that part. And Jesus we even kind of get because we do so much with Christmas and so much with Easter and a little bit in between. And uh, so we kind of get who Jesus is. But the Holy Spirit, oftentimes, we don't quite get that. We don't quite understand. So what does it mean by Holy Spirit? Well, first of all, it's not an it. It's a person of God. It's a person of God. And so it's not some sort of an inanimate force. It's not the light side versus the dark side or anything. It is a person of God, a function of God. The best way over the years that I've found to explain it, and when you teach confirmation, you've got to bring it down to a junior high level, and it's finally someplace where I can understand it. And, uh, but with the junior hires, I would tell them that I am Bill Goodwin. Okay? I am son to Norm Goodwin, who is my father. Okay. I am brother to Dan Goodwin, he's my brother, and I am father to my son Doug, but I'm still Bill Goodwin. I have three different roles and functions, and when I'm in any one of their presence, if I could be with my dad's presence, I'd be in heaven, that'd be awesome, um, but if I'm in their presence, I function in certain ways, but I'm still Bill Goodwin. Obviously, all illustrations from an earthly point of view break down after a while, so don't get the wrong thing, uh, idea about me and how good I am. But just simply note that it is possible to serve different functions while being the same person, and that's what the Trinity is. Um, I had to do a study in seminary on the Holy Spirit, uh, or I had to pick a study, so I chose the Holy Spirit as my study. and did a 50-page paper for Old Testament uh, lit class and uh, talked about the role of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. And I learned a lot of things. For one thing, the Holy Spirit is throughout the Bible, starting with Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, where it says, Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Spirit of God was present right there in the creation account all the way through the end of the Bible into the book of Revelation. We read about the Holy Spirit. And the psalmist says, Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. We see that in the activity of the Holy Spirit with the characters of the Old Testament, that typically he came upon somebody, is often the words used, that he came upon somebody for a specific task, for a specific period of time to accomplish a specific thing. And that was kind of the way the Holy Spirit uh, acted through most of the Old Testament. The prophet Zechariah records that it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my Spirit that I will do these things. The Holy Spirit is throughout the Scriptures. But there is a difference between the Old Testament and how the Holy Spirit functioned and the New Testament. Because generally in the Old Testament, he came upon, he functioned from the outside, so to speak. Whereas in the New Testament, Jesus is introducing a new relationship that we are to have with God's Spirit. And that is that when Jesus was taken up and was no longer with him, he was going to provide a comforter, a counselor, an advocate, somebody that would come alongside. The Greek word is paraclete. and literally means to come alongside of and that he would come alongside each and every person that received Jesus into their lives. 
So before Jesus, the Holy Spirit was given. He was taken away. The Holy Spirit came upon for a period of time or a task. But when Jesus comes, it all becomes different. Do you recall the incident when Jesus was hanging on the cross? What happened in the temple? Anybody remember? The curtain was torn in two, this curtain. And what did the curtain, what was the purpose of the curtain? What was it there for? Yes, it separated the holy place of the temple from the holy of holies, which was God's residence in the midst of his people. All from the Old Testament, starting in the days of the altar and then into the tabernacle and eventually into the temple and so on. This was God's presence in the midst of his people. But now things were changing with Christ's coming because Christ was now the vessel of salvation. And uh, Jesus said to the disciples, it's a good thing that I leave you. Well, you can imagine them being a little bit perplexed. How could this be a good thing? Because you're talking about death and all this kind of thing, and it sounds like you're not going to be around. How will we continue without you? And Jesus says that he would provide an answer, that Jesus, in and of himself, in human form, was just one man and could only touch certain lives at certain times. You remember when Jesus went up on Mount Tabor and he took James, John, and Peter with him, and the rest of the poor schmucks are down below. You know, they have this wonderfully religious experience. They miss out because Jesus couldn't be all these places at once in the physical form that he lived among us. But the Holy Spirit, however, can be, can be with every single individual, taking care of your every specific need as if you were the only person that existed. And that's how much God loves you, as if you're the only person that exists. He loves you that much. And yet he loves each of us that way simultaneous. And so the disciples saw Jesus and the workings of God when they were with him. But when he left, where would they be? What would happen? Jesus in human form was limited. But by sending God's Spirit to be among us and to indwell us, Paul says we became the temple of God. The Holy Spirit resides within us, no longer a place with a curtain separating us, but rather in our lives that he takes up residence in us. Um, and so Jesus sent the... I just want to make sure you're still awake and with me. So unlike the Old, the Old Testament, Jesus is not going to take his Holy Spirit back from us, okay? But rather, he will reside in us, he will live inside us, he will comfort he will instruct, he will empower, he will convict us, he will guide us, he will teach us, he will make God's word come to life, and he will gift us and give us a gift package to do the Father's will. And he will give us the power and the strength and the courage and the knowledge to do and to use those gifts that God wants us to use. You are the house of God. Each one of you that receives Christ into your life, gives your life over to the Lord, he takes up residence within you. And Paul says, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's where God resides, where God's presence is. In John chapter 20, verse 22, that was read for us this morning, it says, with that, he breathed on them. I love that phrase. In the Hebrew, it's ruach. In the Greek, it's pneuma. That breath of God. If you remember in the Genesis 2 account of creation of man, it says that God breathed in him a living spirit. And so this breathing is so critically important. And now there's a spiritual revival, a spiritual birth or rebirth, if you will, where Jesus breathes on these disciples and says, receive the Holy Spirit. 
receive God's Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit takes residence, and he begins to do all sorts of things. He saves us. He transforms us. He helps us to fulfill the vision uh, statement of our church, of community, strengthening community. The Holy Spirit is there to comfort us, to give us encouragement. And in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, we see a list of characteristics that are planted within us by God's Spirit and uh, enlivened and quickened by the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, self-control, uh, and on and on. There are um, characteristics that we have in God that the Holy Spirit brings to life in our relationships. And the Holy Spirit gives us insight and understanding, makes the Word a living Word, so it's no longer just a story on a printed page, but it's something that takes shape and becomes the love letter of God to the very depths of our need and our lives. And God says that we are sealed by his Holy Spirit in baptism. And we, a couple of weeks ago, renewed our baptismal vows. So the spiritual gifts, who are they from? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So stay tuned as we continue our study next week and uh, plan to be here for that. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word that opens to us truths that help us to live our lives because sometimes it's kind of frustrating. Sometimes we think we can do it ourselves and we get into all sorts of trouble. God, thank you that your spirit is willing to reside in us. We just simply say, yes, Jesus, come into our lives and the Holy Spirit enters and empowers us to live lives that are effective, that are good, to heal relationships, to restore life. God, we thank you for that gift. We're now going to take a moment to give some gifts to you, some of our tithes and offerings that you've blessed us with, to return those to you so that others will know about your great love. Father, we do this in your name. Amen.